Welcome to Bite Size Human Geography, a podcast meant for students and anyone who wants a better understanding of the world. We investigate global issues using human geography concepts. It's human geography made simple. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to be discussing how a country makes its money. This is sometimes called the levels of economic activity of a country. I'm going to break this podcast into several smaller podcasts to make them even more bite-sized for you. Because what I find is whenever I'm discussing levels of economic activity, sometimes the material can run together. And what I'd really like for you to do is to digest the information so that you can really retain it. Okay, so starting with primary economic activities. These are activities that involve extracting resources from the earth. So it could be something as simple as uh, you're, you know, farming, maybe you're farming rice, maybe you're farming wheat, tea, uh, any number of different crops, strawberries, uh, or perhaps it's mining. You're mining for um, items like cobalt, uh, which are, of course, incredibly important for any number of electronics. Uh, Maybe you're mining for copper. Uh, It could be forestry. Uh, Obviously, trees are a crop uh, and they're planted and harvested uh, for things like paper and uh, wood pulp goes into things like cheese. Uh, Fishing is another example of a primary economic activity. All of these economic activities uh, are... uh, require lower levels of education for the most part. Now, obviously, if you're extracting oil from the earth, that requires requires incredibly high levels of education, engineering and physics and all those things. But for the most part, countries that make the bulk of their money involved in primary economic activities, typically what you see in those countries are lower levels of education, higher birth rates because those lower levels of education. And sometimes those countries are stuck in that primary economic activity cycle. And the reason why they get stuck is because they end up developing what's called a dependency on MDCs or even countries that are still developing uh, as well. So for instance, a country like the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo, they make billions of dollars every year mining copper and also items like cobalt. Most of that, those items that are being mined, it's they're being sent to countries like China, so China can refine them and put them in products that we purchase here in the United States or that other countries purchase. And so for the DRC, even though it's a big moneymaker for them to sell that copper, to help extract that copper, what happens when the product runs out? Um, Or maybe if you are in Brazil and uh, you are selling coffee beans, or you are selling um, oil seeds uh, to the tune of like $29 billion per year or sugar. What happens if you have a bad harvest? What happens if you have some type of uh, really, you know, terrible uh, environmental catastrophe like a, like a major hurricane? The ripple effects of that can be quite severe to the economy of those countries. Now, the hope is uh, when countries engage in selling their natural resources to the global market, the hope is that some of that money will trickle down and impact all members of society, whether you're in the lower class levels, right? The ones that are working in the fields or you're in the higher class levels, the ones that are the accountants or the ones that own the companies, but that everybody, uh, you know, there's an old expression, a rising tide raises all ships, that everyone will be positively impacted by the selling of these materials on the global market. Now, does it always happen? No, it doesn't. And that's where the problem um, 
comes into play with countries that are specifically involved in primary economic activities. And even if you are a really, really wealthy country like Saudi Arabia, right, they, they get the bulk of their money from oil extraction. Even countries like Saudi Arabia realize that relying upon that model of simply extracting resources from the earth and selling it on the global stage, that's not sustainable. You can't do that forever. And so countries like Saudi Arabia are beginning to change uh, what they're focusing on uh, for the long term in their economic development. They want to create a country that is more economically diverse and that can weather the storms of the oil market and not be so heavily dependent upon it. Okay, so to recap, primary economic activities involve extracting resources from the earth, whether it's trees or wheat or diamonds or cobalt. And sometimes this does not require high levels of formal education. These often involve lower paying jobs as well. And countries that make the bulk of their GDP, their gross domestic product, this way tend to be lesser developed countries and have lower education levels. And because of that, you also tend to see lower status of women in these countries. These countries are also at risk for long-term economic problems due to lack of economic diversity. I hope today's podcast helped you to gain a better understanding of identifying primary economic activities. You know, if you're a human geography student, it's really important that you understand the concepts of levels of economic activity because they really are pulled through uh, like a tapestry, like strings in a tapestry, yarn in a tapestry through all the different units of this class. Throughout the next few podcasts, I will continue to discuss the levels of economic activity. And I've also included for you in the show notes, some of the resources that I've used for these podcasts. You can find my email at the bottom of the show notes where you can connect with any show ideas that you might have, or just simply to ask me a question. Thanks for listening.